<laughs> Salad shooter. <sighs> Recording in the three, two. <laughs> and I am Robert M. Price. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray. Hi, I'm Karen Lumley Care. Hi, I'm Aaron Roy. Hi, I'm Marissa Alexa McCool. Hi, I'm Jerry DeWitt. Hi, this is David Smalley from Dogma Debate. Hi, this is Dan Barker. Hi, I'm John McComb from The John McComb Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Drance. Hi, I'm Richard Carrier. Hi, I'm Rhonda Tyson. Hi, I'm Seth Andrews. I'm host of The Thinking Atheist. Hey, guys, I'm Kara Santa Maria. Hi, I'm David Fitzgerald. Hi, I'm Brian Keith Dalton. Hi, this is Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Distance, and we took a left of the valley. We did take a left of the valley. And a wrong turn in Albuquerque. And then like, the left of the valley goes right to a glory hole. It's it like right does. to a glory hole. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. You just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an Coming at you from holier than thou, Abbotsford, BC. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I told my psychiatrist everybody hates me. He said I was being ridiculous. Not everybody has met me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that came from a tough neighborhood. When they put their hands into the cement, they usually felt another hand. <laughs> when she was a kid, her parents moved around a lot, but she always found them. Nancy. I, I always do what? You always found your parents. I always found my parents. <laughs> I know. They left little clues. <laughs> Called children. Her mother had morning sickness after she was born. Christina. That she did. <laughs> and her mom said that her first love was puppy love, but her doctor said it was an unhealthy attachment to a pet. Kirsten. <laughs> Do you have a theme going today, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Thinking parents? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Hope you had a great week. Oh, I did. Yeah. If the sun is shining I today, have had so a that's great. Fabulous week. I miss the rain. You miss Oh, jeez. Come on. It was raining the other day. I know, but it's not now. Oh. <laughs> it's going to come back for the rest of the week. Yay. Don't worry. Well, we just we just got off of doing a bit of a show with uh, our friend Robert Stanley of The Right to Reason, and we look forward to hearing from that. Oh, yeah. So, it was terrific. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. And we Modestly also, speaking, of it's course. It's been a busy weekend. <laughs> and Friday, in case you didn't notice, we actually uh, aired a bonus show where we were featured on the Brainstorm brainstorm podcast and that was an hour of pure mayhem <laughs> and dick jokes and dick jokes so and fun. microphone blowjobs and it is us at our raunchiest i'm pretty sure you can find that it was so <laughs> wonderful we're gonna be absolutely completely serious and professional now we've gotten <laughs> it all out of our systems i know or we've just got it it was great it was left at the valley uncensored it was wonderful <laughs> i love it or we just started uh but today we'll be talking to jessica shop she's a crystal child and her story is absolutely fascinating how a, a child can be raised to think she's got special powers and chosen by god mm. and we're going to be talking to her later later but first let's do a bit of a chit chat uh, did you guys hear in Argentina, the cops lost 540 kilos of weed. That's impressive. Yeah, and well. they had that as evidence for a couple of bus, and they blamed the rats. <gasps> no, I thought it was mice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought they blamed mice. Well, mice, rats, they're really different. Might have been a different one. Maybe everyone's got that um, uh, 
excuse on their mind. So apparently, <laughs> apparently according to the police, the rats or the mice uh, decide uh, to eat the weed. So if you see a couple of uh, funny-looking mice around. stumbling around, you know, you know what it is. If you see a whole bunch of rats eating Cheetos, <laughs> you let the local police know right away. Although the experts are denying the rats would confuse their food, weed with their with their regular food. So you never know, Argentina. Hey, <laughs> place a party. Um. We're going to talk briefly about the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Yeah. That was, uh, this is a, uh, a, uh, a hockey team out of Saskatchewan uh, that was uh, riding their, their bus there, going to a game, and uh, they hit a semi. Uh, 16 of their young players were, were killed. Mm-hmm. Um, More ten- the semi hit them. Well, okay, well, whichever <laughs> way, right? 10 of them still remain in the hospital. Um, this happened on April 6th uh, near Armley, Saskatchewan. Um, I mean, it's quite tragic, honestly. These players are young too. I mean, they're not yeah. they're not like toddlers, but they're like teenagers, and you know, some of them had some very yeah. brilliant prospects in their career. Um, uh, there was a. Uh, did you guys participate in the Jersey Day? There was I a, didn't. Imp- I don't actually own a jersey. I do yeah. not either, and I actually ended up missing that day at work. There was an impromptu day that the people decided, you know, in support of the humble team there, you should wear a jersey. doesn't matter which sport jersey you did. Yeah. The funny thing is, here's a connection. My girlfriend, Simona, you might not know that her one of her cousins is the one that started this day. Really? Yeah, exactly. Small world. Small world, after all, right? Well, a small country, anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. The size of our country, so... So anyway, um, though, um, what I did see a lot of um, was after this had, tragedy happened, um, all over Canada, people were putting their hockey sticks yeah. out. Yeah. And I, I don't have a hockey stick, but. What um, do you have? Don't have a jersey? Don't have a hockey I stick? I have a what wand. What kind of Canadian are you? I have multiple wands, a time turner. Well, I, how about you turn time again? You have a riding crop. <laughs> Except that's actually for riding horses. But um, That's what happens when you vote for Hufflepuffs. Uh-huh. <laughs> or whatever it is. Hufflepuffs are wonderful, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was really, really awesome to see everybody. Yeah, the show of solidarity uh, across yeah. the country was really nice. It did. It touched. It touched everyone. Yeah. In, in and there was the a GoFundMe as well. Here, yeah. Here's a funny little story. In Scotland, there's a guy named David Henderson, and uh, doesn't ring a bell. He's got two friends and a couple and his, his kids and all that. They went camping and they set up on an island uh, near a near a. Uh, in Scotland somewhere and all of a sudden they were surrounded by cops what? <laughs> yeah well these guys are metal fans heavy metal fans <gasps> so they would dress up in what they call their corpse paint which is black and white paint right? Uh-huh. did they think they were like doing a satanic ritual or something? <laughs> that's exactly what happened <laughs> <laughs> there was a manager of nearby ruins, right, who oh saw them, and they thought God. there was some kind of cult and or some kind of dead ritual was going on, and she called the cops, and all of a sudden, helicopters are buzzing about, and boats are coming in, and these guys are being taken ashore. That Talk is about so it. Oh, wow. I, I can just imagine that phone call, like, um... I think they're doing sacrifice. They might be sacrificing a goat or a virgin. Hurry. <laughs> it was just a funny story. Oh, and of course, we got to talk about, uh, well, the U.S. decided to strike Syria. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sure, Nancy, you got plenty to say about that. Uh, um, the, the funny thing about that was, you know, just before they, they did that, Trump was uh, started to tweet, of course. Somebody needs to take that freaking phone away from him. He, he might hit Syria. 
after Russia said they would shoot the missiles out of the sky if somebody, if the U.S. was about to say that. But it's almost like somebody came to Trump and said, sir, we don't, are not supposed to announce our plans. And now Trump said, well, we, we, we might shoot, sir, we might bomb, sir, we might not. <laughs> it was so yeah, no, stupid. I, 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 I love how he warned Russia. Yeah, I think <laughs> part of the, the progressive opinion or the Democrat opinion or the anti-Trump opinion is that he was definitely giving the Russians a heads up, you know, scatter now, we, you know, I'm giving you enough warning where you can get out of there so I'm not going to hit anybody. Mm. Um, so the, the message to Putin is, it's okay, I know you're involved, but we're not going to hit your guys. So there is still a little controversy about about uh, that tweet, but then it's Trump, so all of his tweets are controversial. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't follow the whole Syrian war very closely, but there's something yeah. I find a bit suspicious about that. Last I checked, um, Assad was kind of winning, was he? I think he, I think he, well, winning. It's because he's got all the the troops yeah. and the money. But he and was the winning weapons. against ISIS. He was winning against these factions. So it's kind of weird that all of a sudden he decides to gas his own people. This, I, I don't know. There's something that just I don't. If somebody knows more than I and they can actually enlighten me on the subject, please let me know. Give me a send me an email or, or give me a, a call. So I just find that suspicious. All of a sudden, you know, I yeah, don't want to start I, the conspiracy theory it's, here. But. It's too. It's so complicated that actually I've I, I see what's going on, mm-hmm. but I really can't explain. I can't explain it to myself or 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 anyone else. All I know is it's abominable. And I think at this point he has been responsible for killing half a million of mm-hmm. his own people in this civil war between ISIS and the civil war. Yeah. 500,000. And now, of course, Canada, the, the UK and France have decided to jump in with the US, and Canada decided to also announce, the Prime Minister decided to announce they will support what the US are doing. So it seems that there's another war that's starting all the time. Well, I guess that supposedly that's the chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to tell you the truth that these strikes um, were restrained, were as restrained as they were, because I'd figured that, you know, Trump would get in there and want to use, you know, nuclear weapons and, yeah. you know, have a huge um, uh, uh, strike. But it looks like calmer, if you can say, that the calmer mm-hmm. hawks prevailed and so it was very precision like and it, it's well, like it, it was only for the chemical weapons. He's not the one so. flying the drones either. But <laughs> thank there's, no, <laughs> there's no policy and there's no um, no idea about what's going to happen less. So I don't have anything to say about that and that's it. <laughs> cool. Maybe we should bring in somebody else on, okay. on the, that can really explain the whole mm-hmm. Syrian war. Yeah, right. we should. Um, and uh, last but not least, did you, you know uh Pro D Day, you guys know what Pro D Day is, right? Yeah. yeah, it's Professional Development Day, and you know teachers take that day to try to sharpen some of their skills, and it's a day off for students. Well, this year, right here in the area, they decided maybe it wasn't the best thing to do because they decided to do Pro D Day on 420. <laughs> <laughs> Geniuses. So now, of course, some parents are really concerned that the kids are just going to take the day off. To they were going to take the day off anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Might as well. Nothing missed. They have parties to attend. Yes. <laughs> so who knows? The uh, art gallery this year in Vancouver might be really, really packed. There will be people. some very important developments made. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A lot of brownie baking. Yeah. yeah oh, we don't want to get into that. Well, there's going to be a lot of baking. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had a horrible, horrible experience with that. I'm not sure why I get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Excellent. Excellent. My dear Nancy, you got something for us? You got a top 10 going on for us? I do. I got a, got a top 10 going today since it's getting close to vacation season. And if people are looking around for places to go to enjoy their vacation, which usually happens this time around, I've got a lovely list of places to avoid like the plague. Oh, do not avoid go. these places. <laughs> these are the places <laughs> to avoid. If um, someone gives you a ticket to go to one of these places, suspect that friendship or suspect that relationship immediately. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Valley Studios in there? Right? There you go. Yeah, well, we were number 11, so luckily, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily we escaped this escaped the list. Anyway, this was put together by um, not a travel uh, list, but journalism on the run. Oh, so these are people mm. that go to all of these different kinds of people and, and it got their, their reviews. Anyway, number 10 on the list is Bratislava, Slovakia. Anybody been to no. Slovakia? No, nope. I haven't Slovakia? been outside of Canada. So sounds, sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a place the Avengers went to recently. It, it could be, although the the journalist, who's Olivia McDonald, said that it was the most boring place that she'd ever been to. She said it was so the downtown was so minuscule and so sloppy and not well taken care of that even the people weren't overly there was nothing there that was attractive the hostels were drab the history is sad the land used to be vineyards and then it was lost you said the only positive reason to go is the food Oh, so, there we go. so if they much. have takeout and you can be something like that, <laughs> that's, that's Bratislava. And um, she said the rest of the country might be incredible, but she's not about Not taking a chance. Once, once she went to Bratislava, that was it. Number nine is Bromo, Indonesia. Oh. Anybody here? I, uh, no, I don't do hot places. Okay. <laughs> it'd, be very, very, yeah, it'd be very damp, though. Yeah, okay, gross. This is... This, this, um, when it, the, the, the uh, world travel representative went there, that she said it was both the be- or he was both the best and the worst in one place. Uh, the best was it provided a stunning site for landscape addicts, and they it was a wonderful community. They were welcomed. There was a range of adventures and experiences. But the worst aspects um, of which was supposed to be a fast-rising tourist destination was that an overwhelming amount of visitors head every morning to catch the sunrise to find what's out there. And everybody heads for exactly the same place, and there's no room for everybody where they, when they get to the top of this particular mountain, which is supposed to be the place to go. And there are also high health risks for visitors, uh, sulfur-filled air, that doesn't Ew. sound too good. Um, and it's a volcano um, that, that is the, the site that everybody is going to. And everybody wants to go catch the glimpse of this crater. And everybody's there breathing in the sulfur. And it's bad working conditions for them. And uh, horses carrying people back and forth. So isn't that, isn't that where Krakatoa was? Uh, Krakatoa was in the, in, the, uh, in the Pacific, though, wasn't it? It's an island. I thought it was in in in, 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 in yeah, Indonesian island somewhere. No, could, we'll have to look it up. I mean, you were there when it blew up. So. Well, yeah, that's why I remember. But you went close by. <laughs> hey, listen, when you've been to so many places, and that's, <laughs> you know, they all blend. They all blend. You know. Okay, Cairo, Egypt. 
That's really? really yeah. And um, this uh, Anna, she goes by Anna everywhere. She said Egypt was her dream destination. And so when she finally went there after graduating high school, she was so excited and she was about to see the famous pyramids, the Sphinx and so forth. And so she was an art historian and she was fascinated by the whole thing. But no air conditioning. And so the, the visit at the museum, she could only be there for a half hour and it was so hot and there were so many people in there um it was supposed to be a really tourist destination but she couldn't couldn't enjoy it mm. um and then when she went to the pyramids um it was a really high price to get in and she couldn't stand it for more than three minutes because it was so crowded to go in and go out and then the sphinx she went to see the sphinx and what was at the the base of the sphinx pizza hut <laughs> oh, uh. and, yeah, I just said, no matter what you think, uh, you know, when you see all of the enticing pictures. Kind of it, changes the whole riddle of the Sphinx thing, doesn't it? That, yeah. That, that, what has great pan crusts? <laughs> yeah, either that or what did the, a, a, a Supreme or she's <laughs> If you don't pick the right pizza, you pick, killed that's the Sphinx. Right, that's right. <laughs> uh, number seven is Mandalay in Miramar. And that's in northern Miramar. And the good things <laughs> that Stephanie Bond said when it was dirty, crowded, and filled with people trying to get people to buy things or ride on their taxi. And those are the good things that she said about it. And she said it was the only place she's ever been where taxis flagged her down instead of the other way around. And this poor woman, you know, who knows what her, you know, what her viewpoint was. But she said it was, uh, she just hated it. It was one of the worst cities in Miramar. Um, and uh, they regularly detain and beat up both gay women and cross-dressers, and so that was a place. Do not go. This is uh, also where we had that story a couple of weeks ago about those sneezing monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Number six is a big surprise. This was written by a journalist whose name is Ruth Mead. Pisa, Italy. We always really? talk about the Leaning Tower. Yeah. And she said when she arrived there, she said, people said don't go there, but she said, no, it's going to be worth it. So she stayed in a hotel on the main street. It's not a very big town, but um, it, she, she uh, didn't find anything open there that was very attractive in terms of her to eat, but she did find one restaurant. And so she walked in and she had shorts on. And every, all the Italian families just stared at her as though they'd never seen legs before. She felt really uncomfortable. And so the next day, went up to the tower, which was ridiculously t crowded with tourists and way too long a line. Mm -hmm. She decided to go to the beach where she said tourists weren't even welcome. It's a surprise. Mm. Um, but anyway, she went to the beach and it was another disappointment. Stones, boulders, no good sun. And she said, but pizza was definitely pizza. Pizza <laughs> was not a, a must city. But I don't know. I'm, I wonder whether it's getting a bad rap just because there were so many tourists. Could be. There. I, 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 I almost, ah, sorry. I've also heard in the past that uh, pizza was way overrated. Yeah. No, I mean, you see the tower, you don't really want to climb in it, and you take a picture of you pretending to push it, that's about it. Yeah, well, the number five was a surprise. Um, Paris. What? I know. The, the, here's the... <laughs> Paris? La Ville Paris. de Lumière, La Ville hey, de Lumière. Anybody been? No. A friend of mine has. 
Pardon? A friend of mine has. You like it? Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, she said it might have been, they might have been a little bit rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not it. sure if that was Paris. I think it was. Yeah, was, no, I've heard the like, rude. Must have been the French. I've heard rude, but I, everybody that I know has just fallen in love with it and they, they yeah, don't want to go. I'm surprised by that. But, so this was shocking, um, but this person said this journalist didn't like it because um, that she said that it, it, it was uh, the architecture was wonderful, but it was trashy and dirty and unsafe. And, she, and the journalist said even Russia made her feel better than a place that was supposed to be the city of love. And she said she was shocked by some of the old-fashioned systems that um, were supposed to, to have been left behind, that there's still social and ethnic segregation causing a number of demonstrations, mm. which increased the dangers of the city. And being a secular city, one cannot... Now, this was a, this was a surprise to me. I didn't know this. And she considers it a, uh, a negative. But I, people cannot wear signs of religion in certain public places. Oh, yeah, no, I, of course I remember, because they had some problems with women wearing the hajib. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That, that's right. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that as a negative. Yeah, no, I don't, but this this is something that this person who might have been a religious yeah, person yeah, said that uh, she didn't find that was uh, that was very nice. So uh, why anybody would even notice it? I, I wouldn't. Would you notice if someone's not wearing a religious symbol? No, but, how would you know? But if I was like Christian and wearing a cross, like would that be something I wouldn't be allowed? Like, do they consider no, that? No, but you'd be a tourist. I mean, I guess it has to do with the residents who are doing business and part of the government can't wear anything. I wonder if, you I wonder can if, because you're a regular person. I wonder if, the, if I went to Paris and I wore like a big atheist shirt with a big atheist A on it, if they would recognize that as a symbol of uh, religion in any way. Or your tattoo. Well, yeah, yeah, but you won't see the tattoo, right? Yeah, like yeah. if they're if they're like people that aren't allowed to wear these symbols of religion are like in like government and stuff like that, I'm totally okay with it. But if it's like, oh, sorry, if you walk into this building... For no, any reason, just, you're not allowed to have any. No, no, I think it's just people who work for the government mm. are not are not allowed to. I don't see how they could restrict everybody yeah. from you know. Once you you give them your passport and they say, okay, turn in your turn in your crucifix <laughs> and your star of David, you know, yeah. I don't think they can do that. Anyway, number four, Languia, Languia, I'm terrible Malaysia that's okay. just okay Malaysia. Um, it's synonymous with a tropical island and this person said it was a place really wanted to go um, it, it, the official name is the jewel of Kedah and it turned out to be more of a cubic zirconia <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so in Malaysia this part of Malaysia was hideously overpriced manic taxi drivers that have a tendency to sideswipe trees or run into other cars or run them off the road and the hotel was filthy loud air conditioning no sand no anything else within walking distance and the whole thing was just horrible and um, at the top of things is the sky bridge which sounds wonderful uh, cable suspension at the highest point that uh, offered amazing views but the weather was terrible and it was closed for repair so oh that, that sucks was, yeah terrible terrible anyway number three temple bar ireland how could any place <gasps> in ireland i was literally about to be like oh, i want to go to ireland ireland See, yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't get this fascination with ireland and scotland i really don't 
Everybody seems to want to go there from, from North America. What? It's rainy. Oh, okay. It's green okay. with rolling hills with little horses Kirsten, that you can yes, ride yeah. on the beach. Yes. I'll ask a normal person. Kirsten, <laughs> what is the fascination with that? Yeah, it, I think it, I think it's the scenery and the castles and the architecture. Yeah, but you can yeah, find better people. than that in Germany. My family, apparently, some distant relative has there's I'm a little bit of a castle left standing, and it's the kitchen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fun. Temple Bar is um, it's in central Dublin. It's an area in central Dublin, which um, mm. is, is even more surprising. Mm, but yeah. you know, you, you have a place to go. You got a person who'll give it a bad review. Anyway, <laughs> it, it, the fun thing about this is that there are more Americans there probably than, than oh. Irishmen. Ah, that's probably there why it it's to stay away. My cousin's yeah. been Ireland. The only way she said he says the only way Temple Bar should feature should be featured on a bucket list if it's a bucket for vomiting after drinking 15 overpriced pints of mediocre Guinness. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, I think everybody lo- everybody loves the cobbled streets or the scenery, but this particular person says um, if you if you fancy listening to good Irish songs that are traditionally Irish, don't go. This is not the place mm-hmm. for you. Okay, number 2 I think is interesting, Saigon. Oh really? It's a big tourist attraction. Have you yeah. known anybody that's gone no. there? Or it's no. not on anybody's list. Nope, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be hot here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I saw it was um what what is the the chef's name on CNN that goes to various places in the Ramsey? world? No, no. Um, Anthony Borden. Anthony Borden. Yeah, he. I saw his his one on on Saigon, and mm-hmm. it was it, it really made me want to go. But here's the here's the negative about that. Uh, she. She says, the taller the skyscrapers, the darker the shadows. And um, that uh, she tried really hard to find something good about it, but couldn't find anything charming to say. And she said that it's the only place in Vietnam where she's not felt safe. It's impossible to walk around. Motorbike congestion, air pollution made her physically sick on two different occasions. Someone pushed her off her bike. She saw a man. Pushed her off her bike? But yeah, she was on a bike. I guess there's more bikes to get around than, than anything else. So it, this is just, um, just sleazy. The whole place was seizing. And sleazy. <laughs> okay, number one. Number anyone, one. Anyone who want to guess any place close? I was from BC. Well, <laughs> we were number 11. I'm telling okay. you, we missed. <laughs> New York. No, the number, nah. that was number 12. <laughs> Here we go. Pyongyang. North Korea. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and and this person says this is one of the worst places to travel. It typically costs over a thousand dollars for a very strict, very propaganda-heavy tour. Not getting there, but a tour. And the tour shows you nothing of what's really going on. Uh, they have a terrible track record of human rights, as we know, power abuse, lying propaganda um, and it's it's expensive you don't feel safe well you feel safe but you feel as though you're you're being watched which you are every minute of the day and that the money that's given that you pay for the tour uh, probably benefit some of the most corrupt leaders um, and they feel she felt it was a fake trip and not a single person with half a brain would even be remotely should not 
um, be remotely interested in going. It's not a brave adventure. It's being ignorant and selfish about where all the money money goes. And she ends up by saying, it's like someone traipsing around Nazi Germany and thinking it was a fantastic experience while ignoring the burning smells coming from the random camp a few miles down. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. What a way to end one of the worst <laughs> that's places harsh. to go. That's a, yeah, that's a bit harsh. That's, like, that's a bit harsh. I, I sit, had to save that one for number one. I don't one. think that's a bit harsh. I think that's kind of like yeah. Oh, Okay, yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're probably quite right. But, but I mean, now this was written before the Olympics, so Hard, hard to know <laughs> if they cleaned it up and changed yeah. it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's different now, right? <laughs> They've cleaned it up ever since. Well, eh, they <laughs> might not have cleaned it up because people didn't really go north. Yeah. They came south. Well, cleaned up their act, so yeah. to speak. I, I don't know. I don't or know just what... really indoctrinated the gymnasts that came <laughs> to the Olympics. That'd be an interesting thing. Also, oh, let's go to North Korea just for travel. That'd be yeah, a weird that... thing. Yeah, but you really have to check things out. I mean, sometimes the, the Canadian government puts different places on on watch lists yes. where you absolutely shouldn't go, and some places are perfectly fine. It's the interviewer that's the worst, yeah. the, the, the worst part of the the trip. So hard to tell, but it's I think it's fun to do something like that every now and then. Well, thank you again, Nancy, for another wonderful list. And now, Kirsten, what are we doing? Another brilliant moment. Brought to you by religion. Mm-hmm. He's got a knack on this, doesn't he? Okay, a couple of stories. Um, creationist Ken Ham. You know, the founder of the infamous Ark Encounter Museum and part missing lake himself? He issued a bizarre tweet last week in which he lashed out at a Christian who believed that life has existed on Earth for millions and not merely thousands of years. <laughs> in explaining why all true Christians should believe that God created the world in a mere 6,000 years ago, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary, Ham said that accepting such a narrative would would be to blame God for the creation of diseases that he believes came about only after a talking snake tricked two people into eating an apple. The lesson here, never take dietary advice from a snake. <laughs> He's just trying to plump you up so he can eat you. <laughs> Quote, Christians who believe the fossil record was laid down millions of years before man are really accusing God of saying cancer and disease are very good. Genesis 1.31 As many diseases have been discovered in fossil bones supposedly millions of years old, he wrote no disease came after sin. So this guy... Before sin. No uh, disease came before sin. No, he says after sin. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It should be before sin. You're right. It should be before sin. Maybe there's a mistake in the article. Yeah. So this guy believes that, you know, the idea that there are diseases older than 6,000 years old. No, no, no. That never happened. Because otherwise you're accusing God of creating those diseases. That's yeah. It's just... almost like you should read your Bible. <laughs> it's almost like you should take that with a grain of salt. Eh? I, I mean, I just, I just take the whole thing as being a myth. And it's just difficult to argue with a mythologist. Is it a mythologist? Or mythicist? I refuse to argue with mythicist. You know, uh, I, I tell him, I, I, whenever I talk to Ken Ham, I tell him, I said, Nancy was there. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? 6,000 years ago, God was not there. Nancy yeah. was, though. That's right. So, there we go. Here's another story. A Republican lieutenant governor candidate on uh, last week softened his stance that he softened his stance that women who get an abortion should be punished if it is ever criminalized in Idaho a day after saying it is the punishment should include the death penalty. 
So he used to say, if you're a woman in Idaho and you got an abortion, you should be <laughs> killed, essentially. But he decided to soften his stance. So what now? It's only you should go through the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> in prison for life? That's the so- new softened stance? Uh, Quote, prosecutions have always focused on the abortionists, said Bob Nonini in a statement. There is, there is no way a woman would go to jail alone, face a death penalty. The statute alone, the threat of prosecution, would dramatically reduce abortion. And that's my goal. So he thinks by threatening women with the death penalty, that's just going to stop having abortions all of a sudden. Well, as soon as they hear that, that it's all just a show. The only problem is... Having children can sometimes be a death sentence. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. So you lose either way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more like choose your method. He, he says, quote, there should be no abortion and anyone who has an abortion should pay. So impressed by moderator on the nature of the punishment, Nonini, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, not in an agreement when asked if he supports the death penalty as a possible outcome for abortion. Well, Just we can- remember when... Trump is impeached, this guy will still be in office. Yeah, exactly. Just remember. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Uh, that's, that's pretty scary. This is Idaho. It's, it's not it's, far from here. No. It's not far from here. Either. I, I wonder. No, it's not. But it's across an impenetrable ice border. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and here's a third little story. You know what? This would be a typical year, Nancy, if you didn't get your biannual Christian out of the world prediction. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yep. So according to conspiracy theorists, codes of the Bible suggest the end of the world is imminent, the earth will be destroyed, April 23rd, market yeah. calendar. That's <laughs> <gasps> <And> no! Yes. <gasps> it's before the Avengers! As yes. soon as you had that reaction, I'm like, oh, it's before the Avengers. It's no. be about. <laughs> I, Well, you do remember, if, you get, if you've been keeping your little card, uh, if you survive nine apocalypse, the tenth one is free. <laughs> oh, fun. So you get a free pass to survive? Yeah, we have a friend that gives taco parties on, on uh, Apocalypse Day. Not Apocalypse, End of the World Day. So that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, we should totally do that. We should do it. Yes. A, yeah. Yes. Uh, does it come on a, Does it come... What what day of the week? The 23rd. Is the I'm not sure what to... Is that one of the days that we're doing our... Give me a sec. I'll find out. <laughs> Let's find out. In yeah. the meantime... We've well, never done a show on on the end of the world day. We should totally do It's that. a Monday. Now, the question oh. is, does it end all at once or, like, go time zone? Well, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Monday. What, so. One theory suggests the end time <laughs> date backs to astrological constellation appearing on November 23rd, matching the book of Revelation 12... Dash one two, the passage signal the start of the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now he's finally coming back. It's about freaking time. Jesus, he's like two thousand years late now. The passage twelve one two reads, quote, and a great sign appeared in heaven: a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and in her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Well, that totally sells it. I, I'm totally yeah. sold, right? Oh, yeah. So it is thought that Virgo is the woman in the passage. So we have to look at the constellation, right? Yeah. So on April 23rd, the sun and the moon will be in Virgo, as will Jupiter, which represents the Messiah. Wow. I thought Jupiter was named after Convincing. Zeus. <laughs> Experts at first dismissed the claim when they discovered this alignment happens every 12 years. However, the conspiracy theories claim another planetary alignment representing the Lion of the Tribe of Judah will make this time the rapture Christian conspiracy theorist David Mead is the main expert suggesting the end times are here. 
So he suggests the end will happen April 20... Oh, Christian suggests the end will come April 28th, not April 28th. Yay! Mr. Me. It's the day after it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see the Avengers. Yes. I, 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 Only part I, one, though. I think yes. we should have a new holiday based on the end of the world day. Yeah. And the day before, we call that Eat, Drink, and Be Merry Day because tomorrow you die. That's nobody right. has to work. Can I, can I tell nobody a really funny story? Don't, don't you like that idea? I, I think it's it. a great yes. story. Hey, it's an excuse for a party. So... Okay, is it okay if I tell a funny story? Well, hold on, just okay. a second. Okay. Mr. Mead also predicts a mythological planet system known as Planet X for Nibiru <laughs> is going to appear in the sky on April 23rd. <laughs> of course, NASA's decided to debunk <laughs> this a long stupid. time ago. So, that's where it is. You have the world very soon Boy. again. So, when I was still a Christian, I think I was about 14 at the time. So, I, I have a lot of older siblings, and they're almost all super, really religious. And one of them... Um, is a Judeo-Christian, and she was trying to convince me that the the blood moons, because there was like all these blood moons like after each other, and like oh, it's gonna be like the end of the world because of these dates in the Bible. And yeah, I, of course. I don't talk to her anymore, <laughs> but. I, after, like, the blood moods happened, I wanted so much to be like, so, we're still around. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's almost like it's made up. I know, right? <laughs> it's just so interesting how many One things day. you can make fit. One day we should just take all this equipment and go to your house at your, at your folks' place oh, and do God. a show with them. That'd be so amazing. You're assuming you could get in the front door. <laughs> I'm assuming I'd be getting out alive, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The question is... Who would we want to interview first? <laughs> well, you well, line which, which brand of crazy do we want? Gun Nut, well, Alex just... Jones, like the yeah. like the Sandy Hook massacre was a hoax, or oh. would we want like? Oh, we could do a whole series of oh, your place. We really could. So many. Show. Pick a family member, any family member. I... Pick no. a card, any card. Pretty much. Pretty much. We're just going to have <laughs> to send Christina in. We'll just send you in with a microphone, Christina. Oh. Undercover. Undercover. Undercover yeah. reporting. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for this. All right, so let's take a quick break, and after that, I'll play the interview I did with Jessica Schaub. So stay with us. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. In a world torn apart by a lack of reason... And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free. Learn more about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. 
Never questioning the source from which your moral core derives. You think that suffering is part of some great plan that's been devised. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what will it take for you to start opening your eyes. Okay, so joining us online is Jessica Schaub. She is formerly a crystal child. She's got a fascinating story, and she's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Cool. Now, you gotta, you got to let me know, because this, this your story is a fascinating one. And you said you were a crystal child. Now, explain to our audience, what, what is a crystal child? So I didn't give myself that title. It actually came from my Project Camelot interview that ended up making me quite famous online, um, blowing up overnight. But their definition of a crystal child from how I understand it is like um, a soul that is quite conscious of older lives just um, and um, all about unconditional love. Um, and just wanting to heal and help the world and has, like, humanity's greater good in mind. So as far as, like, remembering all past lives uh, is, of course, not really not possible, but they have this kind of old soul feeling, so So they give this off. And I've always felt like a a grandparent to everyone (laughs) I've met, (laughs) just a nurturer and just always wanting to help at this Atlas complex. And I I just thought, like, you know, the world just needs love, and so... um, I had some information that I, I got at a young age that I can get into uh, from my dad. He he um, started. Sorry, I'm jumping into other questions. We can stop there and then we can go into the other one. So <laughs> not a problem. Is it so exa- that's exactly what they mean when you get a person that tells you you have an old soul. They they're, yeah. they're basically saying you you have a, a soul that has had many reincarnations. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And I, but I wanted to take it to another level. I'm like, well, not just past lives, but future lives, multidimensional lives, lives in between lives. Oh, wow. um, by all means, please elaborate. It, <laughs> well, just this um, more quantum aspect, right? As if I knew what I was talking about, but it sounded like, you know, um, bending the rules of what we understood. It sounded new and cutting edge, whereas before most people were familiar with the uh, indigo children. Mm. Um, and indigo children, um, I always saw them as like system busters with a chip on their shoulder um, that were angry at themselves and, and angry at the world where crystal children had transmuted this and they're in their unconditional loving state <laughs> and they have like X-Men abilities and I was looking to find others like that. Um, and it's amazing how like... I was convinced I had such abilities, hmm. like healing and uh, a dream guide as well. Other people had convinced me of this too. Uh, so it's it's quite fascinating. You can't really question or be critical about it when you have so many people singing your praises and constantly like um, talking about their your abilities or what you've done for them. Okay, it's so, quite surreal. So maybe we should let's take this one step at a time because there's a lot to unpack here. So eventually, yeah. you were you you were born into a religious family. Correct. Um, it was actually, it was a cult, I, I call it. Um, it was like a, a strange religion that is a combination of Christian, uh, Judaism, and Jehovah Witness. Okay. <laughs> and we could only, there was no actual building of the church. It was like in a high school, and it was on Saturday, and uh, we weren't allowed to eat pork and, <laughs> and seafood and things like this. It was very strange. Well, what were they calling themselves? 
Jeho- oh, sorry, they were called the Worldwide Church of God, okay. and now I think they're called the Reformed Church of, uh, of God now. They, okay. they went away for a while, they, they uh, fell apart, and now they, they came back. So it's from a Christian base, essentially, and as yeah. you were growing up, somehow, culturally, the, 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 the Church of God, if, I, if I'll use that prerogative for them there, uh, adopted a, um, for lack of a better term, New Age approach to things. Would I be correct with saying that? This church? Yes. N- no. Um, actually, for my segue into um, becoming a, a New Age teacher, mm-hmm. Crystal Child. So what happened was um, my sister died when I was 16, and my dad started to get strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I have to go back. Um, before that, when I was, I think it was 14, so this was before my sister died, my dad... Um, he said he had like voices uh, that were telling him that like they were like angels or and they were witnessing um, my dad at church and they were like, what are you doing here? It's so boring. <laughs> They're just saying the same thing over and over. You should leave. And, and he left the church. Um, and then I didn't know like what was going on at the time. Like I only found out later on that it was a transient stroke. Mm-hmm. So it was happening. Um, there was a I say so. It was going on a lot earlier than when the actual stroke took place. Mm-hmm. But when the actual stroke took place, then it was even more after the time my sister died. Because then my dad said, oh, I can see her. She's come back. And she says, you know, that the family is chosen for a very important mission. Um, and that he kept talking about me, that I have very important work to do. Uh, that my soul chose this. That my sister's not really dead. Uh, that he's now connected to... Um, aliens like Pleiadians and Adronomans that are all like working with the family. And it just got very, very weird. And um, I was a skeptic. I didn't buy it at all. I was very frustrated. I just wanted my dad to be a normal dad. It was hard enough, you know, losing my sister, but now having to hear that she's not really dead and all this, we chose this. It was very upsetting. So I was rebelling a lot when he would try to talk to me about these things. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, he was quite persistent, and also um, other people, too, would start talking to me about the same things my dad was talking to me about, or I would go into bookstores, and books would fall on my feet about the same kind of things that my dad was talking about. So it was like, oh my gosh, it's, I can't escape this. And then uh, my dad then died um, when I was 21, mm-hmm. and it was right before that I, I said something quite harsh to him, so I felt very uh, guilty. and. Um, missed him a lot and so i embraced these beliefs for him to be to make it up to him and to be close with him Hmm. and and that's actually how it happened it's rather fascinating that the uh, the church of god uh that Uh church you were in seemed to embrace things like aliens which is not very typical in christianity so i would say that this this church didn't really embrace this. It was my dad cu- coming up with his own version oh, I think, I see. from I see. his stroke. Um, the, the church doesn't talk about aliens. If anything, they would probably say it's it's evil or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the devil. So, uh, yeah. And I actually never really was um, bought into those beliefs as well as a kid, but I was really good at memorizing the verses because I knew that, like, 
being good at church meant getting candy, <laughs> you know, so I looked at it that way. And also I wanted to be a good person and that's the way to be a good person. But I was never comfortable with this concept of Jesus in your heart or oh, mm-hmm. there, you know, you have to, you have to love Jesus or embrace it. Like, I don't know this Jesus. <laughs> it sounds like a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> He totally does. You have to be afraid of him and still love him. So it was like, that's yeah. weird. I never met him. I never met him. Uh, how can I, you tell me I we have to have this kind of a relationship with him. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, do you, looking back now, do you, uh, I, I don't want to belay the point on your father. I'm sure he was, a, he was a good man in many ways. But you get the impression that maybe your father would wanted to maybe live vicariously through his children sometimes? Um... You know what? I never thought of that it that way. I think he just really was very frustrated. It was a very difficult time for us, um, also financially, and also just a sense of purpose and direction and and the meaning of all the tragedies. I think he was just uh, doing the best he could with what he knew how, and he thought he was encouraging. He thought he was helping. Yeah, of course. You know, there's some meaning behind it. It's not all in vain. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he's not malicious in any it. way in, in anything he's doing there. He's doing this. He actually believes what he was doing there. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, there are two kinds of believers. I find the ones, well, let's say two kinds of people who promote these things. People who um, have convinced themselves it's true or others have convinced them it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people who uh, know that it's a, you know, see it as a, a way to exploit people mm-hmm. and get as much like money and success out of it as possible. Okay. I, I don't want to pry too much into your personal life, of course, but no, it's is okay. mom you still, can ask me whatever you want. It's is fine. mom still in the picture at that point? Is, yes, my mother is still in okay. the picture. Okay, mom is still in the picture. My mom and my dad have a very uh, great relationship. They have five kids. I'm the middle child. Um, and they were absolutely dedicated to each other until mm-hmm. when my dad's uh, passing. Mm-hmm. And um, my my mom just went along with it when he started talking about these things. She was like, she came from the, the mentality of support your man. Mm, you know yes. the man the man is the head of the household he's always right he comes first so i stand beside you if this is what you think or this is what you're getting and she was she was looking at it from a religious religious perspective this might be god working through you or you know so something like this yeah and i and, can totally see how a parent would actually go with that too because hey your child is special all of a sudden you know even more special than the other kids around right so i could totally see how that would happen i don't know you know what I don't know how much my mother was aware of how much she was talking to me about my mission. Um, because she was a little bit like, didn't know what to think about it when I told her about it. Um, I think she just wanted me to do something that I, that I loved and it it seemed to work for me. Um, I was dyslexic. I didn't really fit in. I mean, I was frustrated with my dad because I wanted to be normal. And now with this, where even mm-hmm, <laughs> now I have mm-hmm. no chance of ever being normal, uh, difficult keeping a job. And then when I started speaking about these things and making YouTube videos, it just people immediately like became so connected with me. Wow. And it just it just worked. It was the first thing that ever worked. So you think, oh, it's a sign. It's meant to be and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom just supported it because she just she just wanted she was the kind of mom that just, if whatever you feel you want to do, that you think is the best for you to do, then do it. Hmm. Okay. So she wasn't like, live through me, do what I want you to do, or, you know, follow in my footsteps or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so now essentially your father's um, somehow unwittingly implanted a seed 
in your mind and now as coincidences are happening like you said those books are dropping at your feet oh my god what a coincidence but you don't take it that way you take it as a sign and you're slowly falling into believing the myth correct yeah and now that i think about it um of course those books would fall at my feet because they they started to become popular and i was in a kind of an um self-help kind of uh, bookstore mm-hmm. so the odds of some book like that falling at my feet so that's not that much of a coincidence but at that time I was like whoa it's a sign and then the other one where people a, a guy came up to me one day and he's like I was working in the in the film industry at the time on set and um he came up to me and he's like is your name Jessica I'm like yeah and he's like Shab and I'm like yeah and because I don't I've never seen this guy before mm-hmm. he's like and your parents name is Roseanne and Terry I'm like uh-huh and he gives me these tapes that are all the things that my dad are talking about was talking about to me and so now like at that time it was like oh my gosh it's another sign but now thinking skeptically about it and rationally I realized that well my dad drove me to set a lot of times he probably could have talked to um, this person and told him about you know what he's into mm-hmm. um, and about me and the guy probably was into these things as well and so he had a, a whole bunch of um, content and videos that um, he wanted to give to me to also give to my dad. It's a small world after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so so now slowly but surely you're falling into into this and you're starting to believe what will become the legend of Jessica Schaub. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now, how far did that go? It went quite, quite far. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by it now. I'm um, sorry, I didn't mean to. I had like you millions of followers. I was asked to um, travel and and stay at people's places and speak and like do events and constant radio shows and I was like a celebrity and it was. Very strange. So, so if, if if you don't mind me asking, what what exactly were your quote unquote powers that you were supposed to have there? Yeah, healing. Healing. Um, okay. just being able to connect with people's souls and have instant familiarity and comfort. But this is just a. I'm just a people person. I'm just. I naturally have a lot of empathy and care care about people, and they just feel instantly comfortable with me and want to share any anything with me, like things that they wouldn't share with anybody else. Um, so I, also dream guide. I had constant people telling me that I visit them in their dreams. Even one time, a couple was watching my video, and their their three year old child came out and said, "I know her. She came to me in my dream." So, <laughs> and there's a video somewhere about meeting Jessica Mystic in in your uh, dreams uh, is out there as well. I saw one time. Oh wow! Uh, what other? There's probably more. And I just made these videos that were very much like right now. It's all about the the Earth being flat, but in my time, I have to say, in my day, it was all about the Earth. It was hollow. The Earth was uh, so hollow. I just. And also, I was wanting to help people connect with their guides. Yeah, okay. Um, which it, I never talked to anything. Like, it was just, I just felt like something was downloaded to me that, that I just knew what to say and what people needed to hear to bring out the best in them. Because they were, like, struggling, of course, with, you know, self-esteem or um, what their what they are to do with their life or how to talk about their beliefs to the people they care about or afraid that they're crazy and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I just help comfort them with that. But now I feel awful about because I see where, where it leads when, and I couldn't see it at that time. It just seemed like, Oh, it's positive and all good. <laughs> when you were a believer, was there any moment where you felt that this was a, a huge responsibility to, you know, to be such a quote unquote spiritual guide for these people? 
It must have been Absolutely. it must have been terrifying at some point to say, My God, these people are relying on me for this. All the time. And I was fighting that, but I was like, This is what my dad, you know, wanted me to do and I, and this is how I can feel close with him and and I will just kind of I I don't I also had this idea of like um with, if I have kids one day, mm-hmm. they might ask me about this time. I don't want to tell them I did nothing. I want to tell them I did everything I could to make the world, you know, as best as possible with all the messes we're constantly, mm-hmm. you know, seeing around us. So it was always like this kind of reasoning. So, um, so, so, and I guess I also had the Atlas complex at a young age as well with my family yes. um, being quite poor, um, constantly trying to finding ways to help them financially. So taking on their um, the responsibility of my whole family as well, even Ouch. like trying to look after my parents and, and things like this. That's tough. That's so tough. I just macro it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was very tough. Wow. <laughs> still is. I still have that mindset, and I have to constantly like challenge it. So, so when you were in the, in the peak of your your era there as as the the mystic. Um, what what kind of recommendations would you give people in their life? I mean, you 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 connected to them in their dreams and all that, but people came to you for advice, obviously. So, what would you what, what kind of line would you direct them to? Well, I would never say I was psychic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would just try to just get them to get connected with what they really love, what they want to do, and that that they can do it, that they're meant to do it, that they will help so many people. Um, and they just got so excited by this. And many people did end up going and doing, like, setting up eco-communities and things like that and inviting me to it. It's thanks to you that this is going on, you know, or inventions or just whatever we could to kind of, like, stand up to all the repression of, like, you know, free, you know, this thing about Tesla right now, free energy and um, uh, living off the grid and things like that. That must, that must be uh, very interesting because, in a way... Today you're a skeptic and you're uh, a tad embarrassed by that, but at the same time, it's it's not like you did anything really harmful, right? I mean, you, if you were giving words of encouragement to people and, and, and inspiring messages, where is the harm in that, essentially? Because I wasn't telling people to be critical at all. Like, when people were concerned about their mental state, um, like, I feel like I'm talking to my guides and they're saying this, this, and that. Is that crazy or am I, am I crazy? I'd always say, like, of course, you don't want to tell a person they're crazy and they're not necessarily crazy, but you're encouraging it and telling them that it's okay mm-hmm. when they should be really like maybe it's telling you good things now, which that's how it usually starts. And you think it's always right and you trust it all the time. You make it your authority. And then it, um, I saw where uh, certain people or even friends of mine were having these um, – my guides told me to, to jump off um, the roof mm. and they ended up like fracturing their spine. Oh. Um, and uh, someone who like, oh, my guys told me to, to do this kind of mission and this quest or they're telling me that I have to fight the evil forces with my energy all the time. And, you know, it, it just um, gets people they, they eventually really do lose their mind. Unfortunately, they get so carried away. Conspiracy theorists, you know, everything is I mean, there are some conspiracies, oh, of course. but they get so paranoid that everything is a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So even when I would start to tell people to question this, no, now you are of the Illuminati. They got to you, the dark powers. You know? mm. So um, this is what I feel very embarrassed about. I also I was uh, living in Bali for a bit. And um, in 2012, there were a lot of people there for, you know, remember the end of the world thing uh, for these spiritual workshops and Kundalini activations and um 
I found out that a majority of Western people that go there end up in mental institutions. Hmm. Or there's also so many uh, spiritual leaders that are just full-blown narcissists. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. they just completely exploit and just do whatever they want with people. They just get off on how people will believe everything they say. And they want to see how how far they can get away with it. And even just this idea that I would tell people, you know, love is always the answer. So if people are struggling with a partner or somebody that's like, they would call negative, but really it's, it's abusive, psychologically abusive or even physically abusive. Oh, just be, you know, send them love, unconditional love that will change their heart. And then they will become, you know, more um, aware of this and, and be loving to you. But it only just amplifies the abuse because they're like, oh, I can get away with this. You know, it just creates Stockholm syndrome. So there's a whole bunch of things that I feel responsible for. And even for myself, I got into an abusive relationship and like, oh, I just need to be loving. Why isn't the love working? Why is it making him worse? Yeah, I could totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the same time, were there um, competing denominations of uh, religious people that would look at you as an e- a force for evil, right? It was, oh, my God, no, Jessica, she's, she's, she's of the devil, something like that. that you must have the, these kind of attacks as well. Yeah, because I would rarely mention Jesus. <laughs> I had this often in my videos. I, I got comments like that, or she's evil, she needs to find Christ, and stuff like that, false prophet. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a bit interesting. Yeah. Then at some point, um, for lack of a better term here, you saw the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you came to uh, some, some form of apostasy. How did that happen? Uh, so it was when I was in Bali, and like I said, at, with uh, finding out about the mental institutions, that was around the time also that my friend told me about, you know, when he talked to his guides, and he ended up, you know, they told him to jump off the roof. So I started to... Um, I just was so sure that what I was doing was helping. I just wanted to help. And when I um, got the idea that what if I wasn't helping? Um, what if um, it was actually making things worse? And I didn't want to see it. But I um, I met someone who really kind of held me to try to see it. Because, uh, you, you know, you... You do your, you try to talk to people about this, right, mm-hmm. who are very immersed in these beliefs, and they'll find every possible way to just refuse to see it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So yeah, so it we? was around the time of 2012. This you know, was supposed to be the big shift that I was waiting for, but I, I wasn't fully convinced that something was going to happen mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, the end of the world or, like, this into another dimension kind of a thing. Um, I, I always was like discouraging of this and that like there's because everybody was putting so much weight on this or even people who were wanting to commit suicide at oh, that yeah. time people or going nuts about that uh, calendar thing absolutely yeah yeah and i i really liked that comic of um them with the mayan going hey why did you uh end it at 2012 and he's like eh, i ran out of room you know something <laughs> yes. as simple as that it could be but anyway it was a it was sort of like all this hype and everything was built up. So I was really curious to see what would happen and watching, you know, what people were posting. Oh, I'm feeling the shift and how you know, people were trying to convince themselves something was going on or doing big parties and, and just talking to people about how they got like screwed over during that time. So I just started to see how much of an authority I had made these beliefs mm-hmm. and the kind of problems that they were making and how they had really taken over my mind. And they, they think for me rather than my own mind. And that was very frustrating. I wanted to think, challenge myself to think outside my beliefs. Yes. Yes. But I didn't know how mm-hmm. because I had conditioned myself for many years with these kind of beliefs. 
Um, so that's really how, I mean, if my transition was a long process, mm-hmm. long and painful. Yes. Um, who, cause so many things were tied to it. So I had a, my livelihood was uh, provided for because of, of these course. beliefs. Um, I, my relationships were all through the beliefs, mm-hmm. um, my identity. So who am I if I'm not, if I'm not this, right? So that was very difficult. So it took years, basically, of critical thinking, questioning, observing my own patterns, studying my mindset, um, what is behind uh, this thought, where did this idea come from, mm-hmm. things like this, constantly, wow. until I could finally, like, um, feel less, like, because it's very uh, knee-jerk, you know, you can be critical one moment, and then you can snap back into your old pattern, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's been there for quite some time, and so... It's it's not easy. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it isn't. And it must have been a very traumatizing time for you as well. Um, yes. I, I want to delve into that a bit deeper, but a bit before we do that, uh, because I think a lot of people um, in the skeptic community, um, they call it, you know, merchants of woo. And it's a, it's a very general term, but it's also, it's it's very hard to explain how these people, what these people actually believe. You're your uh, ex-followers, I guess I should say, what they believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, 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 their terms are so vague. I was hoping maybe you'd be able to maybe give us a few pointers on what the base belief they have. I mean, outside of Christianity, which we already understand, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they always talk about energy and, and stuff like that. What do, they, what do they actually mean by that? It's a really good question. So I, what I've come to realize is that they don't know. And I think believers are only believers because they don't really know. They think they know. Um, and again, they convince themselves. So energy, they it's their, what they have been taught of how they um, feel a person or feel a room. Or if they say something that like uh, challenges their belief, then, oh, they have negative energy. You know, so they use it to protect their, um, oh, what's the word now? It's not coming to me. Uh, conf- confirmatory bias. Okay. So energy, like they might say they can, I used to, um, cause I said I used to heal, um, through massage, but also with long distance healing as well. How I would usually do it is I could rub my hands together and you can feel if you do that in your fingertips, a kind of a tingling, yes. um, and a heat or a cold kind of a temperature. And the more you just move your hands back and forth very slowly, you can feel like almost like an elastic pull. Mm-hmm. And you imagine colors, and so you just make energy balls, and, and and then you put like your intent inside of it of like positivity or love to a person or awakening uh, into who they are. Of course, our idea of who they are, and send it off. So this is when they're talking about energy. It's usually they're either sending or they're thinking they're picking up, but it's always through um, what they have been taught. Mm-hmm. to interpret through other belief, right? That and what's be, convenient for them, too. That must be very <laughs> interesting to see because there must be so many different types of interpretation, but they're all very vague. So even if you threw in a couple of vague terms, the person is going to take it as um, as they intended to take it anyway. What? Like quantum physics, it sounds fancy. It gives oh, yeah. you an authority. It sounds like you know what you're talking about and you sound like you more advanced than like like a scientist, but the spiritual aspect that mm-hmm. they think the science is lacking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um so but I love how Futurama explains what quantum physics is <laughs> that anything can happen anytime uh for a- any reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were quite brilliant in that sense. So so yeah. so eventually you you start to 
um, come out uh, or come into your apostasy and say, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Dad was wrong about this. Maybe I was wrong about all this. And how? What was the reaction of your followers? Because you were pretty popular at that point, right? You had you had lots of people following you, asking you for advice, and that stuff like that. Yeah, I was really naive. I thought, okay, I'm starting to see this. My followers will definitely see this as well, and I have a responsibility to also inform them because I care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't so much maybe my dad's wrong. It was more I want to do what's right, and it, maybe my dad was confused or or. He was he had the best intentions, but it what it's not it didn't turn out right in the long run. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I don't even know if these beliefs are true or not. It's, that's not so important to me. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe we identify too much into it. Maybe it's a most a lot of our imagination. But what bothers me and the most important thing to me about it is why do we have to make it be our authority to make our decisions to to take over our life? Mm-hmm to be our full identity like uh, try to create ourselves is that you know um that really bothers me because it's like being drunk and driving you're bound to crash yes you know this love bliss zombie state it's like a creepy twilight zone thing you know or that you remember that old twilight zone episode with Mm -hmm. the you can't happy thoughts happy thoughts otherwise the monster boy will you know do something unpleasant to you and the simpsons just goof of that as well that's right that's right So like that but anyway okay so back to your question so yeah i Put it out. Of course, I love to share everything, my process, my my discoveries, my realizations. I've I've done that before. I was a spiritual speaker. I just share my life mm-hmm. and where I'm at. And my followers completely turned on me. I'm evil. I'm brainwashed. I'm with the Illuminati, dark forces. It was absolutely fascinating. And I did have one um, hint of it before um, that in in my documentary that I'm, we're going to get to soon um, in the trailer. I have a sequence that is a true event that happened when I was in Spain giving a speech. Um, um, at the end of it, I was so taken aback by people looking at me like I wasn't an angel or like just something above them. And it freaked me out because I, I knew I was also a human and a girl. And I, I started to realize that they weren't seeing me for who I actually was, but an idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember being so uncomfortable by that that I thought, I have to do something to snap them out of this spell they're under. And I, I'm a tomboy. I grew up with three brothers. So uh, <laughs> the thing that popped into my head to do was do this epic loud belch for like three seconds. <laughs> and so, you know, and I'm in this lovely little white dress and everything. <laughs> and um, and I, I point to uh, my translator and I say it was him. Because I, I thought that was hilarious. Cause this, you know, I, yeah, and course. my translator is like, no, it wasn't. It was you, Jess. And just when I was about to say, of course it was, I suddenly heard this uproar of people like, well, how dare you accuse Jessica Mystic of such a thing? It was you, you pig. And it was like, what? They saw me do it. They refused to believe I, I could do such a thing. That they created a, another reality scenario in their head that my translator did this instead. It doesn't that, isn't that absolutely amazing how it speaks of people's inner need for 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 an authority over their life or or something that gives them comfort and that and you you were that symbol and they were they were going to hold on to you no matter what and well, as yeah, soon as you changed as soon as you changed the message uh, all of a sudden you you no longer became that symbol now you were the enemy 
Yeah, just to say, be critical of this, question this. This could be, you know, lead to problems. Um, a lot of times we go to these beliefs when we're when we're struggling, when we've had a trauma, when we want to escape reality, when mm-hmm. we're in war with reality, when we feel special or entitled. You know, the, the universe is love. The universe loves us. Ask the universe what you want. How, you know, entitled and narcissistic is that? It's absolutely incredible. And it kind of makes you wonder if you were to do a, a, a little intellectual uh, exercise of thinking. Let, let's say, for example, that Jesus was to return. And he mm-hmm. did return. And he did a couple of, I don't know, multiply some fish and loaves and stuff like that. And start saying, oh, you know what, guys? I'm actually not the son of God. I just happened to be a guy back then who thought he was. People Would people turn on Jesus Christ, too? Because they, they, they so. so need the narrative? That's an amazing thought so. that comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. And, of mm-hmm. course, you so. can totally make the link with the same thing that happens on in the, in the real world with the politics. Uh, people get so polarized because of an opinion. It doesn't matter what the... The other side says you don't want to listen. You just want to stick to what you know and you think you know. Yeah, exactly. And we need to constantly be aware when we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And with Jesus, I was thinking he must struggle with this. Like nobody likes me for me. They just like me for my miracles <laughs> <laughs> or their idea of me or what I can do. <laughs> you know, like miracles. artists and actors struggle with that all the time. They just like me for my work, not for who I am. And so they they, they have they don't know me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not even great miracles too. When you think about it, they're pretty lame when you think about Jesus's miracles. <laughs> Magic tricks, yeah. <laughs> so so now you you kind of gone on a crusade on the uh, on the other side now. Uh, are you doing this out of a sense of trying to right the wrongs maybe or is that just something yes. yeah okay yes. I think that's that part of it case. but also because I think I want to do something I still want to help right yeah, but I want to do something that is actually going to help um, and so I really feel that this is what the world needs right now mm-hmm. um, when I started talking about it eventually other people were would come forward and talk about their stories or or their realizations of how these beliefs were creating a lot of unnecessary problems for them that they could have avoided if they weren't so like drunk off of you know this kind of thinking um and so i started to do coaching of of the disillusionment process um and the reason why i think this is so important though i mean look at the situation in the states with the 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 politics for example Mm -hmm. the politicians i don't even want to say his name i don't whatever but um (laughs) this if people were into critical thinking if they cared about their biases their blind spots because we all have them. I don't understand why people don't aren't absolutely fascinated by that and want to understand it so as not to like constantly fall in the same damn pothole over and over again and be like, why? <laughs> you know, because we constantly are making the same mistakes over and over. Relationships, jobs, you know, and we're constantly getting frustrated by it and we're not studying our own patterns. So I really feel that like with the situation with the president could have been avoided if people were like, critical thinkers or they cared about it a bit um i mean why did we have to have those two candidates yeah why couldn't we say no i want neither i want a scientist yeah, you know totally um, like totally and brexit it, i mean i think whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it remains to be seen but what was so shocking and fascinating was how people looked up how it would affect them after it was pardoned hmm hmm so I really think what the world needs is to think more critical. We live in such an overwhelming uh, information age. And, you know, it's so easy to, like, find an article and, oh, that's interesting, scientists say, and share it, right, without checking the source and things like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. it really is affecting us because, like, we, we're seeing, like, this how easy we can be manipulated on- online with videos, you know, algorithms, 
selecting what you, they think you would be, what you'd want. You know, you heard the big scam with Facebook that, um, of what, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this as well. And if we were critical thinkers, we could have probably avoided this. Yeah. So what I like so much also about um, thinking in this way is that it's about prevention. It's not about coping after the damage is, you know, or after the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, as, as humans, we seem, we seem to be much more uh, reactive as a species instead of uh, preventative. You know, we, we mm. react. To th- we, we can't seem to have any foresight for the future, and it's, a, it's quite the shame. Um, in, in, your, in your travels now that you're – well, first of all, I have to commend you because, you know what? I think a lot of people would have just stuck with the story of being the mystic and just make a fortune. So the fact that you came out and you said, you know what, guys? I don't think this is actually right uh, is – you're number one in my book right there. That's incredibly honest, and I admire that. Uh, in- it's a billion-dollar industry. Oh, and in huge. my trailer, I said I have three options. I can either forget that I found this out and just continue to ride the gravy train because mm-hmm. I probably would have become even more successful. It's very likely I had all these offers pouring in and things like that. Um or disappear and beat myself up forever or like face it and just tell everyone yeah. and and so but again like i wouldn't be able to live with myself if i chose those other ones uh, the, um, that's highly commendable that's for sure uh, but in, in your travels you've met i'm assuming you've met other quote-unquote gifted people uh and uh, <laughs> have any of them decided to kind of follow your leadership in that sense or are they still all pretty much stuck where they are I haven't met any that decided to walk from it away from it like I have. They still have stuck to it. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so you It would have been it would be nice. I, I don't know any other person who's a, a spiritual leader that's renounced it yet. I, I, I don't I don't know if I'm the only one, but so far that's that's I know I, I don't I'm hoping that someone else will come forward and and, t- and talk to me about yeah. that. I, I, but sure I know there's so. a lot of, you know, pastors and that have renounced it, which is great. So I'm hoping I can start a trend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, after all, you see that in, in the clergy world as well, right? I mean, they, they have things like the clergy project now to help pastors get out of it when they, they just don't believe. And of course, like you said, you know, you've made your living at this. It's You've been doing this for years. And it's one of, the, one of the only skills you have. It's not, it's not an easy decision to just decide to walk out. It's not like you're just changing job or anything like that, right? It's, it's, it's a very yeah. difficult thing to do. So um, start all over again. Exactly. Start all over again. That's it. That. But again, it's about living with yourself. I don't see it as brave. It's just that's the kind of that's the person I am. That's what I felt was right to do. I want to help. If I'm not helping, then I have to be honest with myself and find what is will actually help. Well, trust because me, again, a, I'm tr- I'm fooling myself because I'm just if I continue with that, forget I heard it. Like it's it is. Like, we think okay, well, I'll just focus on the good things of how I'm helping people. I do think that like. The more problems that come from it, it, I, I helped create that, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't take responsibility when the time came. Well, trust me, Jessica, it is brave because every day I see people that fool themselves for material gain. So the fact that yeah. you stepped away from that is commendable. Uh, but in your efforts to try to uh, to dismiss the spell, if you wish, you've been working mm-hmm. on a documentary. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I got uh, working with the French production company. 
And um, the documentary, I want to do something quite different. I want to make it um, interactive. So if people think they're watching a story about a girl, but actually I'm going to be talking about everybody so everybody can relate. It'll be like the never-ending story. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Yes, Where of you're pulled in and I'm talking about everyone, so they will be able to see their own patterns. There'll be quizzes going on. There'll be animation. I w- was thinking of doing uh, something like a reverse Alice in Wonderland. What if you were born in Alice in Wonderland? You know, and and so we can we have such amazing effects right now going on. Um, we have now 3D um, filming we can do. Uh, there's uh, virtual reality filming we can do. Um, there's uh, augmented reality filming, and all of this would be really interesting to show um, the I, the reality of a new ager believer, mm-hmm. right? And then. As you progress in the film, there's a disillusionment process as more as more and more of that is like goes away. And also there's me interviewing my past self because <laughs> some of the questions people ask me now about uh, those beliefs, I am, I'm like starting to forget. I can't relate to that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say, what, what, what does a crystal child believe or what do they do? I'm like, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Good question. When you find out, you tell me. So um, I really, um, I don't know. if uh, I, I want to kind of time travel back to myself in the past and shake myself. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? So I kind of want it to be um, a mockumentary where... Um, James Randi does a wonderful documentary of The Honest Liar, yes, right? Yes. Where he exposes the fakers. So I want to expose my, my fake self. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be humorous. So in the trailer, um, it's humorous but also sad because I talk about um, all the things I used to believe and then I'm vomiting out a rainbow that's like with sparkles and everything beautiful <laughs> in it. And it's funny but it's also tragic because I'm saying, look how sick it's made me and I'm still purging this stuff. You know, it, it, just because it's pretty coming out, it still, it makes you sick. So that's why I called it Memoirs of a Former Mystic. Too mm. much love and light will make you sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, lo- I'm certainly looking forward to when this document comes out. Do you have any set date or approximately when it will be uh, available? So we're in the pre-production stage. The trailer I'm talking about is a pre-production trailer. Uh-huh, yeah. um, we're in the process of getting funds right now for production companies. This is going to be a feature. Mm-hmm. And so far we have a lot of interest also with uh, skeptic organizations, um, consumer prevention organizations, because so many people are buying, um, you know, like crystals. And um, <laughs> yeah. you can say something has a consciousness in a, like just a tennis ball. You know, it, it belonged to this guru and people will buy it and they won't question it at all. So um, these organizations are very interested in um, actually having me come out to. So this is in Germany, this organization particularly uh, coming out and giving um, speeches. So I'm going to do events as well um, that will also be filmed uh, for the documentary. So it should be out um, hmm, probably 2000. 19 around maybe the end of 2019 we'll be filming um at the end of of this year fantastic well when it does come out you have to come back on the show and explain to us how it all went down and we'll certainly be uh, talking about that some more with you absolutely i would love to the website is uh, jessicamystic.com and memoirs of a former mystic.com i was about to say there's your moment go ahead be shameless plug yourself but you just did that <laughs> I, I, I beat you to it <laughs> so if, uh, i wasn't sure because sometimes people say it and sometimes i'm expect i'm supposed to say it so yeah you can plug me instead if you want so so let, let's re- let's repeat that for people that might have missed that if people want to reach you and want to find out more about the documentary do you need to go to 
uh, jessicashab.com to find out more about me mm-hmm. and uh, to find out more about my documentary, Memoirs of a Former Mystic.com. Fantastic. Jessica, thank you so much for explaining all this uh, to us today. But before I let you go, I got to have you say, hi, I'm Jessica Shab, and I took a left to the valley. Hi, I'm Jessica Shab, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Jessica Shab. She's a very, very interesting character. And you know what? I have to commend her for being one of these people that had enough integrity. She's on top of the world. She's got a huge following of people that are admiring her and eating every word she's saying. And yet she has enough integrity to go around and say, you know what, guys? I think I was wrong about this. Well, I'm really excited to hear it. This is one of those mm-hmm. times that, uh, for our audience, Kevin um, inter- interviewed her um, at, a, at a time that was convenient mm-hmm. for her, yeah. and we weren't able to attend. And so I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to listening at, at the same time the audience is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was a very interesting interview, and we'll hear much more about her because she's going to be taking uh, over for uh, Vancouver, the, cha- the uh, Vancouver chapter of CFI, Center for Inquiry. So we'll certainly have her on the show again and she's becoming an ally so fantastic great yeah maybe she'd even come out to our studio and and uh do the interview with us she's not far actually she's in delta now so she's really not far no that'd be great excellent thank you so much for joining us today on on the show guys i appreciate that um you can find us at left you can find us on twitter at letv podcast on facebook send us an email left at valley at outlook.com give us a five-star review it really helps the show and send your complaints to nancy on the third floor okay next week we'll be talking to hector garcia about the psychology of religious oppression that should become interesting at the end of the month, we'll be talking to Dr. Ben Davis at Nuclear Power. I'm so excited for that one. Get nuclear questions. Now is the time to think about them. At the beginning of May, we'll be talking to John Whaley and the Illusion of God's Presence. <laughs> and around mid-month, we'll be talking to Dr. Michael Moore and autism in children. And we'll be answering those questions about vaccine and autism and all that kind of beautiful stuff. Mm. So, we have some great shows coming mm-hmm. up. And be sure to catch our, our appearance also on Brainstorm Podcast and The Right to Reason. Yeah, that's coming up. That's uh, coming we up. don't know when, but yeah. it's coming up. Yeah, out. eventually they'll send us a link. <laughs> we'll post it when they send us the link. So. Uh, let's see. I already did my Harry Potter joke. Why are you all staring at me? Uh, damn, <laughs> because was... we know you. <laughs> I just muted her microphone, so now she can't do it. <laughs> The power. I have the power. <laughs> oh, it's back. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, guys. It's like when your speaker comes on in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. I'd rather see the truth than to bask in my own ignorance. Rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a price in my body, you can bet your last dollar. I'll be working hard fighting this problem. Religion is a disease. It comes from culture. Only true on a regional scale Science is universal For you to say that Horus isn't real But Jesus is Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu You don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you're told And believe in the God assigned by your parents I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance And you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claim Something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. 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 I'm an atheist.
let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful, that thousands of children are raped by priests, and since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free, and the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush, don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much, we know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them while they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them, respect them. Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards, and the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known. Skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how